Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back. The gang's all here. It's been a few weeks, but I'm joined tonight by DFS Dan. What's up, buddy? Boys, I'm so stoked for tonight's show, man. Like, just anything football at all right now. You know, State of Utah is allowing Mitch to be back. JB's kiddos are feeling good again. So it's just great to be with you. And then just coming off, like, the highest of highs this week as it was literally, as we were talking pre-show, just minutes left in the Cowboys-Packers game. I look at my phone. The winnings say over $1 million on DraftKings. And then Christian Watson happened. <laughs> And for our Dynasty listeners, he's someone they'll probably want to hear more about over time. But right now, I am mad at Christian Watson. I'm a little mad at JB for putting a Green Bay Packer in the graphic for this week's show. Like, JB, the wounds are still healing. Listen, we're, we're coming off of Week 10, right? And I, I thought there, there was one specific image just ingrained in our minds from Week 10. And it is Aaron Jones crossing the goal line, paying... A homage to Marshawn Lynch. Mitch, you didn't see it? I did not see it. No. <laughs> he 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 finds the end zone. He jumps in the air and oh good for him. You know what? Speaking the- of that, before we get over to Mitch, oh, no. this is a perfect segue. Today's episode, this <laughs> week's episode, is brought to you by Manscaped. There you go. Uh, uh Aaron Jones, I'm sure you know you gotta make sure you're all you're all manscaped up. I wonder if he's using code theory 20. Uh, Manscaped best in men's below the waist grooming Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide. I'm so excited for tonight's episode frazzled already. I think I say frazzled at least once an episode lawnmower 4.0 weed whacker for Dan's ears and nose hair. Cause we know he's talking about it every single week. Take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping with code theory 20. It helps us out. It's going to help you guys out. Aaron Jones, if you're listening, buddy, maybe not, maybe not Dan's buddy, but, but a buddy of the show here. Anyway, we got Disney Mitch. What's up, buddy? Dude, Disneyland's a lot of buddies here. They they know what they're doing there. We went on the new Spider-Man ride. And the thing about it is like, it's interactive. So like you throw your hands out, right? And you shoot webs. But then I found out at the very end of the trip that you could buy like attachments so you could get a higher score on the ride. I'm like, that's Disneyland at its finest right there. Did you buy the attachments? Well, I didn't know. No. The very last <laughs> time we wrote it is when I found out. I was like, sweet. Did spend $300 on two lightsabers though. So, you know. That's a good each. investment. Yeah. It's crazy. My son wants those bad. Like that's future trip. So. Uh-huh. Well, D- Dan, you're locked and loaded now. <laughs> not, not, I might be on the hook for, for Disney World on our end on the East yes, Coast. Yes, without here, a doubt you are. I yeah. bet you could. I'll pick your brain on those lifesavers off the show. All right. Sounds good, man. I see a few folks in the chat. Greg, Wes, Ron, thanks for joining live. Always appreciate it. Week 10 is in the books. I know. Is it sleeper? It's just like the automatic trade deadline is this week, and then you adjust it. Mm-hmm. But I see the warning message popping up in several leagues, and I'm so hoping early. it was an oversight, and the trade deadline is, in fact, not heading into week 11. But I know a lot of the safe leagues on MFL, that's heading into week 12. So yeah. there's going to be some things here. We're making our final push. We're making that final effort to get into a situation you know, if we're looking to contend, if we're looking to maximize our return, <clears throat> oh. <coughs> I, I don't know. If it's just I, no, I got. I it's it, like Mitch always talks about. I don't know if it's dry air. What's going on yeah. here? You know, we we've had the heat on. We had some snow here in Pittsburgh today. That was something. Uh, but anyway, maximizing the return that you're getting on these veterans in these assets that are helping people win games and get to those playoffs now this is the time to make it happen but week 10 is in the books uh not a pleasant day today on tuesday in terms of some higher end injury news Mm -hmm. cooper cup let's start with him guys cooper cup high ankle sprain just nonchalantly undergoing surgery going on ir i was like wow that escalated 
rather quickly. Uh-huh. And so, uh, Mitch, what are your thoughts here? Because his his value has been all over the place. I, I want to know your overall thoughts. And we typically do this with injuries, and I like it because right. it's easy content, right? Oh, without like, a doubt, okay, yeah. This is what I would buy for. This is what I sell for. This is what my team looks like in those situations. So what are your thoughts here on Cooper Cup? So the hard thing with Cooper Cup is I, he's old enough to where his values probably never be higher than it is. But he's still going to come back during the fantasy playoffs, and he could still win you those fantasy playoff games. So for me... If I'm a contender already, I'm just holding him. Like I could probably get by for a few weeks without him and be okay. My biggest worry though is if you have Stafford, A Rob, Akers, Henderson, because like I'm very convinced of this now. A team missing their starting quarterback kind of hurts the offense. A team losing their best wide receiver and one that is as dominant as Cooper Cup kills the offense. Like I have no faith in any player except for Tyler Higby, just because he gets so many of those stupid rinky-dink little catches every single game to where he'll probably be okay. There isn't another player on that offense I dare to play over the next four weeks while Cup is out. I know you don't like, you know, speaking of teams missing their quarterbacks, I know you don't like Kyler Murray, so I don't even want to go there. Mm. But Colt McCoy steps in, and, you know, Zach Ertz, we'll get to him shortly, but he gets injured. But DeAndre Hopkins is still producing and still productive. He's getting pepper with targets. James Conner still finds the end zone. So you have these guys, and it isn't just in Arizona. It's not just Dan. JB, that's because Colt McCoy is better than Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah, all right. I love it. I love it. Okay, all right. See, we're, we're not even 10 minutes in, and... I'm I'm frazzled. I'm frazzled. Uh, but no, the, you, this happens time and time again where we have these quarterback. I mean, Jacoby Brissett starting for the Browns. Amari Cooper, for the most part, has been serviceable. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been producing you know, 10, 12 fantasy points a game. Uh, David Njoku off the charts whenever he was healthy. Nick Chubb, super reliable. So it, it's... It's not just for the teams that you hate their starting quarterbacks, even though I don't think you like Deshaun Watson much either. So maybe that's just the theme. Stay away from the teams where Mitch doesn't like their quarterbacks. See, but you, you do make a good point there. And before I turn it over to Dan, I think the main beneficiary, and you stole the words out of my mouth, it, it is Tyler Higby, especially in those leagues that are 2 PPR or even 1.5 PPR, or we're looking at leagues where you have to start two tight ends. Tyler Higby now has this resurgence of life back to a position where he's going to produce. He went through that lull, right? And a lot of it was attributed to the fact that he was not running nearly as many routes as he was to start the season. And it was a decrease each and every week. The, The Rams were throwing less pass attempts and his route participation was dropping. So it was like a double whammy. And and we noticed that, but now, and maybe just because Wolford was quarterback, he was looking at him, but I expect Higby to get into that 25 to 30% target range each and every week that he's available. And is Allen Robinson going to be a beneficiary? You would think so, but it's really hard to get excited with what we've seen so far from him. But Tyler Higby, it's an opportunity if you've been holding him, if you have him on a team that is now out of playoff contention, I was able to maximize value. And uh, before again, before I turn over to Dan, one specific trade I made today uh, out of the playoffs, I moved. You know what? I have my fancy spreadsheet here. Did I add this trade in today? I did. I moved 12 team super flex to PPR, Christian Kirk, Tyler Higby, and Jeff Wilson for Javante Williams in a 23 first. And that was something I felt really, really good about. And I saw, I sent the offer and the manager uh, DM me right away. And I was like, oh man, here comes a nasty gram. And it just said like, oh, I got to drop two players to make, to make room. But I I think that was a manager that's looking to contend. And what better pieces for this year than Christian Kirk, who just dropped what two touchdowns on uh, who the Jags just play Kansas city. You have Tyler Higby, who's going to produce with cup out, and Jeff Wilson, who in two weeks is really taken lead of that backfield in Miami. So, Dan, overall thoughts on Cooper Cup, the offense, how it affects everybody from a shorter-term dynasty perspective, but we're in that redraft, redraft mentality. It does play a role here. 
First, I want to make an observation, and Mitch will probably laugh, and this is for our listeners here. Pre-show, John was yawning, and Mitch (laughs) Mitch and I are like, don't worry, John, we'll fire you up, because we were a little worried about John. All of a sudden, like, the podcast feed started, and John, I don't know what you drank in the last, like, three minutes, but you just unwrapped a lot there in the Rams. So there there is a lot to unravel. Listen, Um, once once the lights go on... It's showtime, baby. It, it is. I would never know you were tired pre-show, dude, because that, that was you got me amped to get even more now. So I think we unraveled. Like if you're looking at these key weeks coming up and you're looking for an uptick when you talk about the Rams, you guys nailed it. You know, Higby, there's an uptick just by default of necessity, no matter who the quarterback is, Cooper Cup's out. Maybe A-Rob has a little uptick where he could consider him situationally. And you know, I mean, we got still three weeks worth of buys but dynasty wise like if we're projecting ahead i have got a lot of worry about the los angeles rams and john you mentioned a lot of teams that with different quarterback situations have still maintained good fantasy value whether we like the quarterbacks or not or how we feel well still... mitch, mitch mitch kicked it off but i stole credit but yeah i said it, I said it. <laughs> you, you both are on the same vibe you know same wavelength so so the, they're fantasy relevant but the rams have really got some major issues like this team stinks mm-hmm. and they're in are they in rebuild mode like they were all in for a super bowl as were the saints and we've got some concerns in new orleans as well but like i don't know where the rams go like even if stafford comes back this season i don't like any of the rams i have no desire to acquire any rams you know to your point jb you know higby you know mitch you know maybe for a rental for the season for some volume and the state of the tight end position but I don't want any of these Rams next year. I don't even want Cooper Cup next year. And I love Cooper Cup. And I love Matthew Stafford. But I was worried early in the season about Cooper Cup holding up. Because that is all they have. The O-line's broke. The run game's broke. This complimentary receivers are broke. They have no draft capital broke. Their salary cap broke. How do you fix this? Like, they're going to have to trade pieces. Does Ramsey go? Do they start moving off Donald and Ramsey somehow? I, I don't know. Do people retire? Does McVay leave? Like there is a lot to unravel there. So if I have Stafford or Cup or Higby and I could get out of any of them without giving them away, I, I don't want to, you know, Cup's still a mega superstar and Stafford's a very good quarterback, but I'm concerned about the Rams. If I could get guys that are in better situations with less team dysfunction, I'm about it. So how far down do we drop Cooper Cup specifically? It's going to be, Ron says, I bet Goff is available. Ship him back <laughs> to Los Angeles. Let's see how that Sorry, one goes. But Cooper Cup overall, he goes from a top five, unanimous top five dynasty wide receiver. Sure, you're going to have some people sprinkled in there. I, I didn't have him top five. I didn't, know, I didn't have him there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I but was going to happen. For the most part, he was right there, right? But now... Because of his age, because of the Rams situation, he should be back this year. But if they're not going to make the playoffs at that point, if there's no hope, shut that puppy down. Yeah, all, all together. Stafford, t- take, t- take a month vacation, you know, whatever the case may be. McVay very well may be in the broadcast booth this time next season. Uh, but overall, Cooper Cup. Mitch, where do you draw the line here? Okay. And I'm just going to, I'm going to be all inclusive. So let me know. Let me paint a picture for you. Yeah. And, you know, call me Picasso. Okay. So Rembrandt. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not going to get into a debate here about, I know like three painters, maybe even two. Actually, John Bauer was a painter, a uh, Swedish. I think he was a Swedish painter. If you Google John Bauer, he did, it was like troll paintings. Which you makes know, sense because I I deal with a troll each and every week here on Dynasty something, Theory. Something like that. You know, at some point we'll Google your name and you will pop up. It will happen someday. I'm on like the 18th page or something. <laughs> Nobody cares. Uh, all right. So stop me. You're, and and the, the picture that I said I was going to paint here, you are seven and three. You're in fourth place. Your potential points are solid. Your all plays like 600, all right? So you're not like like just beating the teams you're playing and that's it. And it's a start three league and you lose Cooper Cup. So 
That that's the situation here. And you really could use a boost to your starting lineup. So one for one swap, you have Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, CD Lamb, AJ Brown, T. Higgins, Stefan Diggs, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman. Oh yeah. Pittman's gone. Well, yeah, I don't want Pittman. Oh, okay. Wait, so, yeah, that so might you be would, the cutoff. Yeah, no, I so want would, all the rest of the others before Cup. So you would not trade Cup for Michael Pittman today? No, I don't want Pittman. I would try to get something else with it. Dude, I would. I, don't, I, I don't mean, fit, I would, yeah. I, I, would I don't fit it in the one-for-one one category. Oh, I would. And Cup's not dead. Yeah, he's not dead. I just want to get out of weeks. it. But, even, but even when Pittman he comes back, Mitch, I want to get, get out of it. points in the next four weeks. But not only are you getting the younger asset, and I know that's not always, uh, you know, as cracked up as it, it's played out to be, but you're looking at Michael Pittman. He's uh, comes off another uh, only 12 points. Well, then he had a fun first the terrible Raiders. Like the, the Colts have problems, JB. That, that's not that's a dysfunctional response there. So you would you would you genuinely wouldn't move Cooper Cup for no. Michael Pittman either? Oh, absolutely you. not. No. They, they hired a coach with as much coaching experience as you, John. And he 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 did just fine versus the Raiders. I don't. Th- then what does that say about Las Vegas? It says that whole staff should be fi- <laughs> yeah, that yeah, whole that- staff should be fired. Well, any yeah. any offense you don't have anybody on that roster with offensive coordinator experience in Indianapolis and. And and they go out and produce. I don't care against who. I don't care how so bad the Raiders that are. Raiders defense. But, but then what does that freaking say about the Broncos that are putting up less than fourteen points a game? Fire all their asses. Get them in the unemployment line. All I of them. We're talking about that. a trade for Cooper Cup here. Is the is the baseline, I, JB? Like there's. I, I no, but get I'm talking it, about but... now. I'm talking about Nathaniel Hackett and the unemployment situation here in America. Okay. Now I just I can't believe like you're in a situation. I know. Let's say it's only four weeks. First of all, it might be more than four weeks because, like I said, if they're not in a playoff situation scenario at that point, they're shutting him down. But then again, it is the Rams. They're completely out of their mind. I, mean, I don't think they shut him down, to be honest. Remember why? Why? Why bring him back? I know. Like I understand the logical thing is to not bring him back. The NFL teams always bring people back. Like Julio Jones was playing like week 16 and week 17 on those years when the Falcons were terrible. The Lions brought back DeAndre Swift for like a single game last season. NFL teams just do it. It's stupid. They shouldn't do it, but they do. Anyway, so back to <laughs> back to cup, back to cup. Uh but let's say it is only 4 weeks then. But you're 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 in fourth place in this league at 7 and 3. You're battling for a playoff spot and I you're the the players on your bench in the scenario, I don't know. I, I think it would be very dependent, but I, I would move Cooper Cup for Michael Pittman straight up. He's not helping me make the playoffs any more than someone on my bench probably is. I need a little I bit just, more. I, I don't get where some of the, the disdain comes from. Like I've said in the chat, in the Discord, which is a part of the Dynasty Theory Patreon, exclusive to our patrons, $5 a month, $10 a month for the top tier. I said, I, I, there's like five guys in the league that Mitch really likes. Other than that, he just, oh, I don't like them. I don't like them. I like Cooper Cup. Look, if you told me Devontae Smith or Cooper Cup, now that is one I would really, really have to think about. And you have Devontae Smith way below Pittman. It's just not my fault you have Pittman that high. But it isn't it value too? One tier. Three of us could have different values. No, no, no. It's my values or no values at all. We all realize this. I want to wait. They're one tier apart. They're touching each other. Yeah, but don't you think you could get something more? Pittman or Cup? Sorry, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, but yeah, but no matter who you're talking about, like don't you you could get something more for Cooper Cup, even if you in your mind, JB, say to yourself, I, I don't, I, hey, I would like, I would be okay with Pittman for one for one, but I know that's not market value. I could get more with Pittman. Well, Why what would is, you tell what our is market to do it one for one? What is market value? We don't even know what market value is because the market just reset hours ago. Not on Pittman. Did Cooper well, Cup not just hit IR? But he's still Cooper Cup. What good is he doing on your bench or on your injured reserve? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. 
I have learned from some past mistakes. I'm not going to mortgage my dynasty team's future. I I wish we had. You're not going to have uh, trouble moving them, JB. Why, why, I, I, you, why I are you wish, discounting them? I wish we had a producer on the show that like could pull a clip from 20 minutes ago, 10 minutes ago of Dan just saying, I want out from the Rams. That's a quote. I do. But I also said I'm not going to give them away. Dan's the person that has a car listed on like Craigslist and then that weekend goes out and totals it and still tries to get the same price that was on it before. That's Dan, (laughs) his mini Cooper over there because Amari Cooper plays for the Cowboys and then he leaves. And Uh, did you get rid of that car? No, I didn't get rid of that car. (laughs) He's still in the NFL. Dan's winning so much on on DFS. He just throws the car in the lake, whatever. He's like, I'm done. (laughs) All right, so let me continue here. So, Michael, Chris Olave, I tried a one-for-one swap. I couldn't get Olave. Yeah, I could see that. People like Olave a lot. D- uh, Mitch, Amon Ross, St. Brown? I mean, it's fine. I know Cooper Cup's going to be better, though. So that's my problem. Like, I love Amon Ross, St. Brown. I'll love him for four weeks. But I'd much rather have Cooper Cup in, you know, late December. Late December, Mm-hmm. All right, so then the trade that I made earlier today, I moved Amari Cooper straight up for Cooper Cup. Is that a yay? We're good with that. That's good. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather Cup. Yeah, same. All right, thank you. Then we're on the same page there. So that right. first eleven guys you named before Pittman are guys I would try to find a way to get and get out of the Cooper Cup business. But when you go down to that next how, how, year, how you- I need draft capital or something else that's going to make this not only help me this year, but future-proof me a bit. What's wrong Dan with that? wants the best of both worlds. He wants his cake. He it's wants Cooper his cake. Cup. People still Dan, love Dan, Cooper Cup. I'm just giving some insight to say the Rams have issues, and he's either – the team's either going to have struggles or he's going to get run into the ground because he's the only weapon they've got. And he did Dan get run not, into the Dan ground. Dan not only wants the cake, he wants the whole freaking bakery. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so the, the problem is you named eight wide receivers, right? Going from Waddle, Hill, Diggs, all the way up to the top, right? Well, I'm trying to get through the rest and, of the And he left out Devontae well, Adams. I would put Adams yeah. in that class. I would I, not. I, 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 I just want to say, like, you would have to have three Cooper Cups to get 80 of those guys now. That's just kind of what happened is you have those really young wide receivers who are still healthy and doing well. And going from Cup to one of those is nearly impossible because even the re, the – Guys who are trying to get rid of Cooper Cup are going to want, you know, someone like that. A rebuild team is not going to want Cooper Cup. So getting any of those top 10 wide receivers, you'd have to add so much to Cup to make it worth it for those teams. I don't think it even happens. It's a really small window and market that is going to be looking. Like in that situation, I was moving an older wide receiver, obviously a little bit younger than Mm -hmm. Cooper Cup, but I was moving Amari Cooper and I'm not competing on my spreadsheet. I have that team listed as a team that's going to compete. Well, the fantasy gods had something else on, you know, in store for, for the Bauer club over there. And it's our I, dynasty theory discord league. I think you summed it up with a, it's a small market window there for, for a cup. We are 23 minutes in and I see a lot of show notes still. So. All right. Really quick, really quick. Uh, DK <laughs> yeah, Metcalf real quick, Mitch DK Metcalf for Cooper cup. Cup. Debo Samuel. Cup. Garrett Wilson. Cup. Devontae Adams. Adams. He's healthy. Probably produce the same. And then Jamison Williams, DJ Moore, Brandon Ayuk, George Pickens, Drake London. Maybe Devontae. I have a lot of faith in Devontae. Like, I think him and A.J. Brown are the same. They're going to score a lot of points each week. All right, all right. Well, concerned let, about passing volume there. That's all. Yeah, makes sense. Well, I have a lot more on my mind, so jump in the Discord, uh, and we'll talk about this later. All right, because I have a lot to talk about. All right, Dallas Goddard, shoulder injury to miss time. He is not hitting the IR as of now. Mm-hmm. Two PPR, any tight end premium format. This is going to be. I don't want to say it is a landscape shifting move like we always talk about with a high-end quarterback but Dallas Goddard for a team that was relying on his points Mm -hmm. at out of the tight end position this is a big loss 
Dan, how, how are you approaching this if you have Dallas Goddard, if you don't have Dallas Goddard? It stinks if, if you had Dallas Goddard and you, and you lost him right now because, uh, you know, the tight end landscape is where it's at. It hurts. Where do you go from here? What Who does it impact? You know, on the Eagles, I, I think we saw in that game, you know, their adjustment, it's like a Devonta uptick, uh, I, I think, a little bit. Maybe not A.J. Brown uptick. He was dealing with some injuries in that last game. So I think that passing volume, I think it's going to be a really centralized offense with those two receivers. I never understand why the Eagles don't run just a little bit more because they got a great run blocking O-line and they just refuse to. Um, the tight end situation in Philly is not an area I would go to. I would either try to make a trade or see what's on your free agent wire. If anything, you know, I think Jack Stoll is a blocker grant called Katera six, four, two forties, a little, you know, light in the tail for me there. I'm not a believer. Tyree Jackson's can be activated this week. Who knows what they're doing there, but like we saw in that last Eagles game, it wasn't a lot of passing volume. Washington really dominated the time of possession and the snaps. And that's a little bit concerning for me. And I'm not going to panic in one game with Philadelphia, but I was really intrigued on what the second half of the season would look like for Philadelphia when they play a lot of teams that have seen them play or that played against them already, or have got enough film now that are going to make some adjustments. Cause it's, it's a very unique offense, but once you get the opportunity to adjust, like it took Dallas like three quarters, three and a half quarters to kind of adjust in their first game. Um, you know, what's going to be the impact now you lose that safety blanket and Goddard. Uh, so it kind of stinks for Philly. And I think if, you know, for your dynasty team, you just got to hold Goddard and wait until he gets healthy. But if you're in like contention and you need tight end points in these next few weeks, I would just try to squeeze a tight end off someone's roster or the free agent wire before I would go to those Philadelphia tight ends. Some dirt cheap options that we talked about. And I think based on their usage over the, the last few weeks, Again, the tight end landscape, they might not give you a weekly 12 to 20 points in that range for two PPR formats. But Jawan Johnson, I think he's been a pleasant surprise over the last few weeks. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is based on his usage and the uptick in route participation. Austin Hooper. Again, it's disgusting. I know. But if you're just looking to patchwork something together and you don't want to spend future draft capital, you don't want to move off of more hot, you know, more valuable assets. You don't want to move Goddard to fix it. These are just some guys to look at that uh, are, like I said, dirt cheap. And then Hayden Hurst. I think that's a name as well that people forget about, but he is still, he's going to give you that 12 to 15 mm-hmm. points and it's, it's not going to be sexy but he's going to be one of those accumulators that that can put up some points, especially with Jamar Chase, who apparently is still on crutches. Yeah, so John, I don't... Those, those tight ends you mentioned there, like Jawan Johnson's a good target. When, like, the beginning of the season, when the Saints flashed offense for a little while, um, their receivers after the game, Michael Thomas and Olavi and those guys, they made sure J- Johnson was mentioned in the same paragraph as them because he was a big part of what they're doing. He's a receiver, really, a receiving tight end. He's good. The Saints issue is their O-line right now. So when guys don't produce, it's just their O-lines in shambles. Um, but I love Johnson. Hurst, especially with Chase out. But even when Chase is there, like that offense could be so explosive. He's a big part of it. You know, and I think you look at matchups a little bit with these tight ends. If you have like a lot of those rosters where we don't have Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, you normally have like three tight ends if you're in contention and you're, and you're playing matchups. So I always keep, you know, those teams that really smother the tight end. Hopefully you have all three of those guys you just named and you play the best one. Hooper's a guy that you could probably get. Like that, that's a guy that might be out there more easily attainable on a team that 100%. really is desperate for people to throw to. Yeah. And again, it's super ugly, but I think Jawan Johnson's the name looking at his route participation uh, weeks. Let's just go seven, eight, nine, 10. 82 percent 63 83 67 and he's sitting there with 17 21 targets over the last five weeks so if you're looking to patchwork something together there maybe look to have him included in a larger package or just i mean in two ppr formats it's probably gonna take a third plus i don't know if a third's gonna get it done but you could do something in involving that mitch do you kind of look at dallas goddard in a similar fashion to the way you are approaching Cooper Cup. I am, yeah, because so one thing I'll fight back a little bit with you guys on is if there was a team who was counting on Goddard's points, 
filling it with Juwan Johnson and Austin Hooper isn't going to help you make the playoffs because you were counting on those, you know, 15 points a game sort of thing. So if I'm in a position to where I lose Dallas Goddard and I'm somewhat in the playoff hunt, I'm looking more at a little bit of a higher one of your tiers, John. It's like Everett, McBride, Higby that we brought up already. Just because I think you're going to, if you're already needing Goddard's points, you're going to need more points. And I have no idea how Dan could disagree with that, to be honest. With you. <laughs> uh, uh, All right, Dan. Uh, Dan, it's been a while. I'm going to award you an official challenge here. Okay. I need right, a, we, I, we, need a, we, we need a graphic for a challenge. At least a sound. Yeah, our yeah. YouTube listeners, I have the red challenge flag out there. For for those not listening, I, I have the the, YouTube, the challenge flag out. The challenge flag first is you put Juwan Johnson and Austin Hooper in the same sentence. Juwan Johnson has had some sc- point scoring weeks that have been as good as Dallas Goddard. So like, it's not easy to find a tight end in the, the that same scale as Dallas Goddard. And then so like you mentioned Higby, like I don't think Higby's much better than Jawan Johnson. I think they're all better than Austin Hooper. So I, I just want to put a little clarification there, Mitch. Like if you're trying to attain tight ends, if you land with John, Johnson or Hurst, you're in pretty good shape for the for the for the playoffs, I think, compared to what? Like you're not going to get Pitts, you're not going to get Kelsey, you're not going to get Andrews. There's no way to trade there, I don't think. Um unless I don't know. I don't see that. But to your point of Hooper, Mitch, I agree exactly with what you just said. Honestly, Dan, you brought something up. Would this work? Goddard plus something to a team that couldn't trade Kelsey all season? I have a couple teams like that. I have Kelsey. I don't want Kelsey. It's because no one will pay me. Maybe I could trade Kelsey now for Goddard plus something. Yeah, I, I think that's a very viable. And we've talked about this with Travis yeah. Kelsey. How many te- like I have several teams that I, I was trying to maximize the return, and people just don't want to pay. Well, he's old. Well, he's still better than every other tight end exactly. going. <laughs> yeah, I, I I truly believe Kelsey is in that like Derrick Henry class that is going to last longer than others. And when that wheels start to fall off on Kelsey a little bit, you're going to get Jason Witten. You're still going to get some points, I think, at some point. So uh, I would extend his age out a little bit there. Can, can I say maybe you don't move up to, you know, I, I like the way you're looking at it to acquire a Kelsey from a team that is not going to be in contention because it's going to be really difficult to pry Travis Kelsey out Little. of the, a manager's hands that they're relying on those points, right. especially in larger premiums. But a Goddard plus a small piece could entice a manager to buy back what five years, uh, 27. He's Kel- Kelsey's 33 now. So what five and a half years or so. Uh, and I don't know that it would take all that much in, in some, in some spots, yeah. but one thing that I, and I, I did this trade in a league that I'm seven and three. It's two PPR. The top four teams are seven and three. It is a bloodbath. Like there is so much parody in this league. I think there's like three or four teams that are six and four. Like it's super tight. So if I'm missing out on points at the tight end position, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be tough for me to get into the playoffs. So what I did, I have them in the same tier, but I've kind of done a 180 on a guy that we both viewed Mitch as a sell. And it's because his situation completely changed. He is no longer in Detroit. TJ Hawkinson. I know a lot of people, they had that preconceived notion and they had the value that he was at in Detroit. Well, he's not in Detroit anymore. And I don't know that people really switched that up for the last two weeks in Detroit or uh, in Minnesota. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 please get out of Detroit. Last two weeks in Minnesota. First of all, it was, he just got traded and then he goes into Minnesota. Uh, Week nine has a 22% target share. But the last two weeks, 19 targets, 16 receptions, right there, you're at 32 points in two weeks off of receptions alone in those high premium leagues. So for me, anyway, Goddard and Hawkinson in the same tier for me. But in this specific situation, I was looking at my roster and I was looking for something to add to ensure I could get Hawkinson. Because if this manager looks at my roster, they could have jacked that price up. Hey, JB's roll with Austin Hooper at this point. And I didn't feel comfortable with that, with the uh, standings, but I added Hunter Renfro 
And I, like, it's a small ad. It's not doing nothing for my roster now and very well might be a minimal change moving forward, but I wanted to secure that spot there. And again, 25% targets per outrun, uh, 20% in week 10. And I, I know week 10, we had that higher volume against Buffalo, but there's an improvement in that in, at the quarterback position for him. And it's not like, okay, Hawkinson comes in. Well, Jefferson and Thielen are still getting theirs. Thielen's uh, target rate per route run dropped each of those two weeks compared to week eight. So, or, you know, the, the previous game, I can't remember if they had a buy or not. But anyway, that's a type of move move that I'm looking to make. We talked about some low-end pieces. Uh, I'm, call, I'm calling a timeout. Dan? Mitch, I think we need to put JB on a word count tonight. He is like my wife tonight. When when, when she's on a roll, she's on a roll. And she's like, I I think I was on the couch last night. And I was like, do you know how many words you just said in that (laughs) short period of time? That was JB just there. But JB, I am glad you mentioned Hawkinson because I I wanted to get back to Mitch's point. Just Mitch and I couldn't get a chance to get in there. But like, I think if you can't get the Kelsey or to Mitch's point of trying to really compete at that high level and get that value tight end, you know, after Kelsey, it is Hawkinson, as you described so well. And even, you know, a George Kittle, I think, is in that class. I think there's those few guys that maybe you could live with trading Goddard and, and land pretty good. Now, if let's say you're okay tight end, like Mitch, in those formats, you typically load up on tight ends. Let's say I you do. have yep. let's say you have Kelsey, Goddard, and Higby. So you're feeling pretty good overall. Would you look to pivot off of Dallas Goddard? cross positionally and again you'd have to take a slight value hit or is that a situation that if you're still okay elsewhere that you're even more okay just hanging on to him i would still prefer to hang on to him but if you know if i hear someone like say christian watson that might be something i have to do i just kidding i had to throw the name in there at some point this episode you're lucky i'm out of challenge flags (laughs) uh two ppr Dallas Goddard or Chris Godwin? Start three wide receivers. Godwin. Godwin. Dallas Goddard or Michael Pittman? Not Pittman. Pittman. <laughs> Boy, is Mitch hate Pittman. <laughs> Pittman? I hate that offense. It's nothing against Pittman, uh, really. Well, now you got Maddie Ryan back. Uh, it's true. I do. I do. Because they have a real coach now. Oh, brother. All right. Zach Ertz, season-ending injury. We're going from the... Wait, 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 wait. Because you're, you're shifting to the Cardinals in our next show note, correct? Before you do that, I had one question for you. I, I've noticed in your trade bait and in some of your trades, John, in, in our leagues, you've either been active to move or have moved Dalton, Dalton Schultz. And I'm a Cowboys fan, and I'm looking now. Like he, We know he's had this lingering knee injury this year, and Dallas went through the Cooper Rush stage. But three of the last four weeks, especially after having a week to rest his knee, Schultz has had 14, 19, and 23. My thought, JB, was when seeing you very active trying to trade him is I'm wondering if he leaves Dallas next year, does his value dive and you, you get rid of Dalton Schultz. And that's a good thing. I'm still wondering what Dallas is going to do. Cause I'm not completely confident they have their next tight end on their offense or not. Like Dallas's offense is so tight end friendly. As long as Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator for all our dynasty players out there, I would want the Dallas tight end, whoever it is, as long as this offensive system is in place, but like, if he comes back, you know, Schultz is only 26 in 14, 19, 23 points. I do think that's the norm if he's healthy and in this Dallas offense. So the situations, it's a very specific situation and uh, safely 128. Or Dan, you and I are in together. Mitch, are you in that league too? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to lose I, every game in that one. I, yeah. I, well, I might beat you out for that 101. I don't know. My team's horrendous. But those are the situations that I have, I've updated my trade bait each and every week. I've jumped in the chat. Dalton Schultz is available. There is such minimal interest, Dan, even from you, Mr. Cowboy Homer, who is, I'm like, oh God, I have Dan in this league. I'm going to get Kyle Pitts 101. Uh, Patrick Mahomes might get thrown in there somehow, but you you nailed the, you, you hit the nail on the head. You, you, you nailed the hit on the head. That, I, yeah, I'm going I have, all over the place. Got hit. 
I have been reluctant, John, and I, I have been tempted to to flirt with a trade offer with you. And like I think in this league for our listeners, buy, you buy know, me Mitch, dinner first. <laughs> Mitch and I are like in the middle on the playoff cusp here. We are, I think both of our rosters could go either way. And I have Jawan Johnson, Dawson Knox, and Robert Tanyan. So for me, I am afraid that Schultz leaves the Cowboys. And I, and I, I I'm just been kind of riding this trio of tight ends wherever it goes. So I went down this road before and I'm still paying for it today. Speaking of Austin Hooper. And that road is the Austin <laughs> Hooper Boulevard, the Boulevard of broken dreams. That is that, that that's what we're looking at here. Uh, Wes says somebody got nailed. Uh, my, brought my to you time, by my, Manscaped. Anyway, uh, my, so, tight end, my time out expired though, JB, if you want to go back to Arizona, yeah, I, I just needed that answer from you. No, no, no. I like that. But it, now, if I have him and I've tried to to package him up, I've tried to do something on a team that's contending, now I am thrilled to ride him into the ground because he is, as long as Dak Prescott, and like you said, Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator, and Dak Prescott is throwing him the ball, he's five targets, six targets, eight targets the last three games, route participation, 57, 64, 73%. He is one of Dak Prescott's favorite targets. And even if he doesn't find the end zone, he's one of those guys that is an accumulator. He is Austin Hooper from Atlanta. That That is what he is. Dalton Schultz is not going to go out there and be a, a, an uber-athletic tight end. He's not going to be a speedster. But this system, it fits him so well. That's the big worry. If he goes elsewhere... It's going to be very, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because he's going to need, he's going to need that volume. And I know every receiver, every tight end needs volume, but he's really going to need that volume. Uh, so just be careful if you're going out and acquiring him. But if you have him on a contender, I don't mind riding him into the ground this season. And then we'll see where it goes. Cause the market just isn't typically there. Anyway, Zach Ertz. All right. Season ending injury. 32 years old somebody in the chat said should we should we get out there and try to buy him on the cheap i mean at this point of this season we after week 10 at with his age with a season ending injury is he 100 percent come the start of next season he's probably still in arizona but now you have trey mcbride who who's to say what that split looks like even if zach Ertz does come back and he, he's remotely healthy i if you want to throw a third out, fine, but I I don't think a manager is going to even think twice about moving him for a third. Uh, two PPR, Mitch, would you move Zach Ertz for a twenty-three third? Yep. Dan, completely out, completely out on him. Third just never really excites me. It, it, it would depend on my tight end situation and my team situation. So if I needed a third, I'm rebuilding John. Yeah, but even if you're contending, like he's not if I'm doing anything. I'd, He's not doing anything. Uh, a trade that actually, I think, three of our patrons got done today. Zach Ertz for Foster Moreau straight up. That is, I, I think, steal. I love that because you have Foster Moreau who does have the profile that I look at for tight ends. Darren Waller uh, on IR. His teammates are pissed at him because they don't think he's fully committed. He's kind of nursing this. Is this two hamstring injuries now? He's really hamstring. Uh, that offense is hamstrung because of him. You know what I mean? But Foster Moreau, and he's going to be a free agent after this season. So we might see that value spike. And so many teams are looking for competent tight end play. Foster Moreau can do that. But now you're getting at least a little bit of production. You're getting potential spike in value. And you're getting the all-important healthy player, which I, I think is, is a, a steal. Uh like I said, there were three different folks that got that done. Would we do Zach Ertz for, like, I don't even know. I don't even think there's going to be a market to even like go through scenarios here. No, I don't think there. Can you guys, so we've talked a lot about tight ends. Can you name me the top three targeted tight ends in the NFL this year? We've talked a lot about them this episode. Travis Kelsey. Yep. That's one. Dallas Goddard. Nope. No, he didn't. I'm never good with these like trivia type things. We just talked about him like 20 seconds ago. Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz. <laughs> Zach Ertz is two. Mind. Number three is Andrews. Tyler Higby. Is it Higby? It's Higby. I mean, unless Fantasy yeah. Pros is, I, I'm sure. No, 
that, I that, think that, that was true. <laughs> that's why I'm wishy-washy on the third a little bit, just because like Arizona is so predictable. Like Zach Ertz is the third highest scoring tight end through ten weeks. Guy, like it's it's still production. Well, it is. Yeah, uh, it is. You know, but so he's a thirty-two-year-old. All right, thirty-two-year-old. Yep. Like he just knows how to get open in an offense that like. And I think these upcoming weeks will be telling. Like this is like Trey McBride's a little bit of like initial addition here. He's had enough weeks to learn an offense and become an NFL football player, and he's he's fresh. So we'll see what he looks like. Um, so I get your point, JB. I just if I'm a contending team, I'm a little bit slower to move him. That's all. If I get a he's, cost, he's, uh, he's racking up those points here for you as a contender. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I I don't like yeah. Zach Ertz or Devin Duvernay. If I could use Duvernay, <laughs> if I have to start enough receivers, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the third, I mean, you know, you could get a future prospect in there. It, it may be worth it, but. Zach Ertz or Darius Slayton. Zach Ertz or Terrace Marshall. I think that's the range we're talking about, guys. Yeah. And I don't even know if a lot of people would accept it. Team specific. So, uh, or, you know, we, we're a little crazy. We always take part in a few December startups. At least Mitch and I do. Yes. How low does Zach Ertz go? Like even in those two PPR 20s, leagues in the twentieth, yeah, he's, a, he's a late pick because you punted tight end or you need a backup at that point, and yeah, you're happy to get him at that point in the draft. All right, last big breaking news: Eno Benjamin. First of all, hey. cut by the Cardinals, and apparently it was a disagreement over his involvement and in, in playing time. And boom, they just cut him. They, Done. So either they they really like Keontae, which they might, or uh, there's something else there. I I, I don't there know. There has to be something. <laughs> but anyway, the Houston Texans claim Ido Benjamin, and I actually think it's a good landing spot for him. Damian Pierce, he's getting run into the ground, and I, I know some people sarcastically, hey, don't discount Rex Burkhead. Well, Ido Benjamin, he's been more efficient more effective in many regards than James Conner this year. And he gives them another piece there, but also uh, kind of give him an audition. Let him see how he works out. Maybe if he does, then you can sign him to another one or two year deal at a, a really nice price. And you don't look to bring in another running back. So I think it could be something good for Damian Pierce longer term, but also it's a nice little opportunity for Eno Benjamin because like I had him starting in a few lineups this week. And obviously if you're starting, Eno Benjamin, when James Conner is back, it, it's t- tough sledding in, in some leagues, but I'm looking like, this dude's, this dude's not even getting a snap. And then boom, he's cut. So I, I was kind of happy with it as an Eno manager. See what happens. Change of scenery. You know, uh, uh, somebody said, would you move him for a third? I, I wouldn't move him for a third right now. Eno? Yeah. I'd take a third for Eno. I'd you're, move you're, Zach. I'd move Zach Ertz for Eno Benjamin. I would not. Eno's ceiling is so limited. I just think he's a needs the perfect situation to be fantasy relevant. Was it a good move for him to get out of there? Yeah. I mean, I think in Dynasty Theory, I don't know how many weeks ago I mentioned to you guys, Keontae Ingram has got something, whatever that something meant, you know, because he he looked game good in the game and relevant. But James Conner looks good again, and when he when J, until James Conner gets hurt again, which will happen at some point, whether it's this year or next. He could help you win games. Like they're they're gonna ride through through James Conner. Now again, after him, other than Ingram, I mean, again, as we know, there's something more just cut. You know, I, I think he's better than a, a cut player. So Houston got some free quick help. Rex Burkhead's legs aren't getting any fresher or younger. So I mean, he's okay to have on your roster, JB. But I'm not looking to move a third for Eno Benjamin or Zach Ertz. I, I just have no words. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> I will fight back. I have seen this people say like Rex Burkhead's dead now. But honestly, Eno Benjamin's not going to come in to take over passing down work week 11 in the NFL. It's going to take him time to learn that playbook. They're not going to have him in there pass blocking after two weeks. It's just Rex Burkhead's job is really safe. I think he's going to come in. You know, he'll spell Pierce every once in a while. But Eno is just a, he's like every other third or fourth running back on every single other NFL team right now. Is he worth rostering? Sure, but no more than any of those other guys are. Is he worth rostering more than, I can't remember, Justin Jackson or whatever his name is on Detroit right now? No, not really. They're probably probably both the exact same. 
But these are the types of players that tonight. I want on the end of my bench. Fair. The, the, these running backs, they, they're the type mm-hmm. of players. But I'm, I'm still, first of all, I'm still thinking about Michael Pittman. I'm going to lose sleep over that tonight. I'm still thinking about Dan. Maybe it's just the the older gentleman energy. Dan riding with Zach Ertz, the older, the older veteran tight end. Do, do I, I need to contact too. Dynasty Theory HR here? I, 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 I feel some, <laughs> some age discrimination right now. Uh, yeah, coincidentally, HR is also me. So uh, good luck. Uh, hey, make sure before you go to final thoughts too tonight, I, I did see in the notes you that you had week 10 takeaways, which I thought we were going to be talking about tonight. Now, these are week 10 takeaways. These are like the big news. But I had some other week 10 t- takeaways. And I won't okay, have enough. Rattle, for- rattle through them. These aren't even. I'm so going to for- let you have your final thought. I'm going to so, let you have your final thought. So if we just have a, a little bit more time, you guys tell me. You you tell me, gentlemen, what you want to talk about. But here were some of my takeaways. The main one was the Bucks' offense is trending up. It really appears to me that they are figuring things out now and get a buy for health and more prep. I say play them all. Like, I like every single Buck the rest of the way. Godwin, Evans, Ott, and Fournette. White, White even more than Fournette, but I like them both. Uh-oh. I just think Brady's got that offense going. Well, as long as Cameron Bray is is active, except for no, not Cameron Bray. No, 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 no. It, oh, yeah, it's yeah. severely that caps takes away from Otten, right? Kate Otten. Did you uh, did you get the of the volume from this week, JB? Was it? I didn't get to really dive into how how much Otten was impacted by Cameron Bray. It was enough to get him get me off of him in DFS. Like he was off my list when Bray went there. But for Dynasty, like I I think I did still start Otten in a, in a league or two this week. Yeah, uh, give me your next point here, and then uh, I'll have some information for you. Yeah, so after the the, the play all the Bucks, the Kansas City backfield, and, and part of this is obvious, but I'm going to my notes too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to more of a future thought. So, like, ouch with Ceh, like that hurt this week, especially when it was only a two back backfield. Like you were really hoping, um, you know, more opportunity would be there. Now, like I know he did get stuffed once in the red zone. I think um, one was going to him in the in, in I should say inside the five, and Mahomes fumbled. But even next year, guys, because we talk about this every year, hoping they're going to draft someone, unless they get like Robinson or a mega star, I don't care who the Kansas City running back is. Yep. That offense is so pass happy. Like I, I don't want anything to do with it. So like I'm I'm like just devastated with for anybody in the dynasty community who has Kansas city running back shares. Now I don't want any of them. Agreed. Um, and back to Kate Otten, Cameron Bray. Back to Cade. Week 10, Kate Otten, 35% route or 34% route participation. That big, that 1% was big. So I had to get it right. Uh, Cameron Bray, 52%. So <sighs> Kate Otten really brought back down to earth. Now target share, 7% for Cameron Bray, a little over 10% for Otten, but as That's long what? as Brate's there, it's going to cap him. John, contact their offensive coordinator. Call, call Byron tonight, will you? And just just tell him that like that doesn't make sense. Like Otten looks the part. He is the part. And then for some reason, they do that. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Man, Jonathan Taylor's back. I just say temper your expectations, but it's encouraging for him. The Raiders are just that horrible. But the dude's healthy right now, and I think that's important. He's not running on one ankle. A uh, really quick point on that as well. Now, Dion Jackson was out. Mm-hmm. So obviously that had a little bit of an impact here. But Jonathan Taylor in week 10 ran a route on 83.33% of the uh, total dropbacks. Okay. That is the highest of any single running back week this season for a player with a target the highest so especially if Deion jackson is not there i i think that i, I expect that to, to continue now he only had the two targets but still it is very positive to see that he's out there and he's he's getting his his workout in. he's, he's getting those wind sprints in but even with Deion jackson there what 60 65 percent that's still plenty for a running back yep other observations, Kadarius, Tony. Oh, George. really, really quick. Jonathan Taylor. So <laughs> top three dynasty running back. We're still there. Yeah, he's still in my that huh. elite tier. Mitch, it depends if we count yeah. rookies or not. The 23 rookies. Uh, for, for this conversation now. Yeah, uh, then he's top three. Top three, yep. Because right. I know a lot of people dropped him out of their top five. Uh, 
on the pivot point. I always compare to different data points and there's some resources while he's, he's running back seven, how quickly things change. And now after one game, he'll pop back up. All right, Dan, anything else? Kadarius, Tony, I temper expectations because Hardman was out, but I thought it was a, a positive sign for him. George Pickens, I thought it was a progressive week. Pew Christian Watson, you know, took a step. So just some young receiving talent. Second half of the season, you often see those young rookie receivers uh, take some steps. So I thought that was positive. The Washington running back situation, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. Right, real both, quick, real quick. Yeah. Now keep in mind, the the the, the <laughs> we're, we're short on time. That's the only reason I'm rushing, John. Yeah. I know, I know. But for George Pickens, he finds the end zone on a, on a run. He has another 25 yard carry. So we talk about tempering expectations. If we get that now, if he feels like that Chase Claypool role that he's going to be able to get those those rushing attempts, and that continues, sure. But I think he had a 13 percent target share. We, we want to see that come up, especially whenever the overall weapons, you know, one, one less body there with Claypool being traded. Work in progress. Work in progress. That's right. some, some positive steps. Um, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson look good at times and had roles that I think could benefit fantasy. The only thing I'm concerned about is, like, they had so many extra snaps in that game that, you know, the Eagles didn't have. So will they get the volume and the opportunity in future weeks? But they're they're at least on my radar to watch them. Like they both showed some 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 good ability there. And then my last you know thought was just the Saints O line is absolutely depleted. Like they need to get bodies back in New Orleans to you know for Camara and and for that offense to to do better. All right, Mitch. Uh, anything else, or should we just roll right into final thoughts? Hold on, I have one, and I can't believe Dan did bring it up. CD Lamb finally had his game. Like this is like the game we're waiting for. He was always okay. He's in your lineup, and you're fine with it. Now he finally had, like, the Devontae Adams last year, 11 catches, 150 yards, two touchdowns, and now you're like, all right. That's <laughs> what we needed to cement him in his place because the fact is he was always going to get knocked. If this game didn't happen this year, everyone would be like, yeah, he's good, but he's just not elite. But now he has this one game, and literally it changes his narrative going into next offseason just because he has one game like this. Yeah, he, looked, he, he looked great. He's had some really flash moments. I'm glad Mitch brought him up. I think I'm just – and he's part of the reason why I was in the hunt for a million dollars this yeah. week. He was less than 5% owned in DraftKings con contests, so he was a gem of a play. Um, unfortunately, towards the end of the game, Kellen Moore just couldn't scheme him up to get me any more points. <laughs> but uh, So maybe I'm just still salty, but, yeah, he, he looked great. Mitch, would you move your contending – Cooper yep. Cup in your 23 first for CD Lamb. I would have to be extremely contending because I just don't want to move those 23 first. But if I'm the third best team in the league, yeah. If I'm the fifth best team in the league, I'm still probably keeping Cup in that case. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Final thoughts. I hate that graphic. I have to update that. I love that. I was, that was back in my uh graphic design infancy stage and you can tell yeah it looks like rubbish there's that word again all right dan final thoughts episode 181 in the books week 10 behind us big injuries that we discussed what do you got for our listeners we unwrapped a lot today you know when you improve those graphics jb while you're at it too if you your backdrop if you get some pictures back in there too <laughs> uh, i'm going through a draw but that, I, I digress so Hey, as it snows here, as I look out my window tonight in the in the, the greater Scranton area, northeast Pennsylvania, um, it's going to be snowing and you're going to have more bad cold weather in the National Football League in November, December. It's not always as easy to throw. You know, you have to be able to run the football in the National Football League. Could be some Derrick Henry smash games coming up. Um, some of those tough backs that are tough to, to tackle. You know, maybe even Justin Field in those running back categories. So keep an eye on the weather. It's going to be interesting. And Final week of Scott Fishbowl, gentlemen. Uh, I'm getting a little excited. I'm first in my division in points, and I'm I'm playing one of the. I'm in second place in the standings of my division. So, getting exciting. It's getting I exciting. mean, being second place is pretty good. Being in the top fifty in the Scott Fishbowl is a little bit better. Gotcha. But I'm just going to kind of echo what Dan talked about. I was looking through, you know, teams that I kind of want to stay away from in the fantasy playoffs as far as the NFL. And I really only think there's two. One of them is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's because their defense is just good enough 
and their offense is completely horrid to where like they can't score enough points, but the defense can kind of make the game a little sloppy. And then the 49ers, like I don't want to have anybody facing the 49ers because that is like the legit NFL defense this year. Every, every other team in the NFL, I don't care. Like I'm not worried about who's facing who except for those two teams. All right. Well, make I some, make some trades too, JB. Right? Don't we? I mean, you mentioned trade deadlines coming up here. I think you really got to zero in because that window is going to close very soon, depending on your league rules. Yeah, yeah. Be active. See what's out there. Congrats, Wes. I just made the SFB playoffs this week, limping in, but cool to make it. Uh, Mitch, where am I? I'm in the top eighteen hundred, I think. Yeah, you're right in the top eighteen hundred. It's impressive, but you're there. I mean, your your sister's like twice as good as you are. I think she's in the top eight hundred, so that's pretty good. JB's allergic to redraft. <laughs> she uses our, our projections. And, and she 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 won our home league last year. Doesn't watch a lick of football. She just beat me in our home league this week. Yeah. I, Make us proud, Nicole. Make us proud. She, but that's a testimonial of the, the Dynasty Theory it projections. Uh, uh, we're throwing that up again. All right. Well, hopefully everybody has a, a great rest of their week. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna. I'm John Bauer. Again, uh, link in the show description for the Dynasty Theory Patreon. Check it out. If you enjoy it, stick around. If not, bounce. Hopefully everybody has a great week. We'll see y'all. Peace.